but I have a muzzle loader. Y'all know what a muzzle loader is for a brother? It's a 30 art six out of season. <laughs> it's an honor to be here. Uh, Brother Malcolm, thank you for that word. The benefit that I have uh, with all of the brothers that's here tonight, they listen to you and they have people that's here. And so they'll just be able to enjoy the moment. Me, I can take this across the track. And I'll put this in A flat and we're going to have some fun on the other side of the town. <laughs> Thank you for that word on tonight. <clears throat> to my friend and brother, Dr. Jim Moss, um, 18 years ago I showed up at the uh, Love Worth Sharing Conference and it's it's been life-changing for me to go there every year. When it started, it was me and me and all white folks. Uh, my second year there, I was coming in at nighttime, and uh, there was a lady who had hit a deer. And uh, I stopped because I am a chivalrous person. I said, ma'am, are you all right? She said, yeah, I just hit this deer. I said, you sure did. That's what you're going to do. She said, well, I guess I'll go get my husband. And I said, I'll watch him till you get back. <laughs> <laughs> I picked up that deer, took it to the conference, and at 12 o'clock at night, a brother with 40 white folks looking at me, I threw a rope over a tree. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody in the bunch said, you know there's something wrong with this picture. <laughs> but uh, it's been a joy. Uh, I have uh, family and friends that's here tonight. You will know them because they look like me. And, uh, but out of that bunch, uh, my wife of 41 years, Hope, would you just wave or stand so that people can see you? We have four children and 11 grandchildren, and God in heaven knows I wish I could have had grandbabies first. But it's a, it's a shame they don't come in that, it, they don't come in that order. Uh, my friend, do we have a singer here tonight? Do we have a singer here tonight? Is she here? She's not here? She's here? She's not here? All right, then. I had to we, Man, we had, we had something special going on tonight. Oh, yeah, but uh, we're going to move on. Well, the glory of God. I just need to know that if y'all can just help me out. Uh, Brother, Brother Hunt told me to be myself like I was in the hood. And so I just, I, we're used to noise, okay? And so if you go to sleep, you have to go to sleep with your eyes open, okay? But let me just put out my little litmus test to see where we are tonight. That was a, a, that was a preacher, preached one Sunday, and after service, a little boy came up and said to him, he was a little challenged, a little speech impediment, and uh, he said to his, his pastor, inspired the day, Brother Pastor, I want to sing a solo next Sunday. And the pastor said, uh, Johnny, you, you want to sing? Yes, I'm going to sing a solo next Sunday. 
pastor looked at him and said, well, you know, uh, Johnny, I'm going to talk to your grandmother first. He said, talk to her. So he called. He said, Grandma, he said, uh, Miss Bessie, uh, your grandson came up and said he want to sing Sunday. Should I let him sing? She said, Pastor, don't pay that boy no mind. He can't sing a lick. He said, well, what I'm going to tell him, you just tell him Grandma Bessie said he's not going to sing and he's not going to embarrass his grandmother. That Sunday come, here come Johnny. Brother Pastor, I'm ready to sing my solo. <laughs> Pastor said, uh, Johnny, I'm sorry, I can't let you sing today. Why? He said, because your grandmother, I spoke to her, she told me to tell you don't let you sing. Why? She said, you can't sing. He said, that don't make no difference. Grandma Bessie said, you can't preach neither. <laughs> You guys passed the test. <laughs> if you have your Bible. Pastor Malcolm Ellis spoke from, Dr. Ellis spoke from Judges chapter 6. I want to speak from Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6. For the sake of time, I will only read one verse. But I will invite you to keep your Bible open and we'll see what the Lord has to say. While you're looking, let me just share this last little story. Uh, Brother Moss was in revival at uh, uh, the preacher who's going to preach tomorrow for the noon service. Uh, and uh, I, I went over to be with them and invited them over to Eastern Star that night to share in a gumbo on, on, in the hood. And seven white preachers showed up in the hood at 11 o'clock at night. And out of the seven, six of them had pistols. <laughs> but they made it all right. Chapter 6, verse 3. Then, let me just give you the context. Uh, that was a king who... had a cabinet position. He wanted to fill the position. He had somebody in mind. The text says that this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Father, we pray that, that you would do what you've been faithful to do, to give ears to hear and hearts to receive. And because it is all about you, we'll be careful to give you the praise. We again pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be acceptable in your sight, for you are my strength and my redeemer. It is in Jesus' name we pray. I want to tag a text tonight, Daniel. 
drafted for duty. Daniel drafted for duty. Uh, I'm from a family that suffers from a, debil a debilitating disease. All of us have it. Uh, Eleven sisters and brothers. My daddy had it. Had it. We have it. And if my wife were to tell you what it is, it's called contrariitis. <laughs> In that, I have to have the TV on all night long. As soon as you turn it on, I will go to sleep. But if you turn the TV off, I'll wake up and turn it back on again. A few weeks ago, I went to sleep watching one thing, and when I woke up, I woke up to this foolishness. Uh, it was a nighttime TV preacher. Uh, with that name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, call it, and haul it theology. And when I went to pick up my remote to change the channel, the preacher looked at me and said, don't turn the channel. And I said to him, why? And he said to me, it's your season to be blessed. It's your season. May I help you here tonight? It is not your season because you say it. It's your season because you sow it. It is not your season because you proclaim it. But seasons are produced. I, uh, some years ago, I thought I'd give, it, give a garden a shot. So I paid somebody to come and plow up the ground and, you know, rolled it up and had everything nice, planted my mustards. I'm a country boy. Planted my tomatoes and I thought that's all I had to do, but only to discover that the work was just beginning. May I speak to someone here tonight who's caught up with this TV foolishness? And can I tell you why? Because of the pulpit is full of preachers who are fake. Do y'all hear me today? How many of you seen this fella talk about come get some blue water? You know, that's a pretty good, if, if I could get some Kool-Aid, just don't put sugar in it, I'd roll with that. But it's not that simple. Are y'all with me here today? Pulpit, preachers of faith, preaching is feeble. We are in a day where people want to be entertained. 
want to hear the truth. They want to hear fables. They want to hear sob stories for their lives. And in the process, people are being fleeced. Come in and go out unhelped. But I believe that there is someone here tonight. You come because you have a pertinent question in your heart. Preacher, is there a word for me from the Lord? Are you with me? And what you ought to do is seek a man of God who has not what's sheepskin on the wall, but what is etched in his heart. Because what you put on paper does not measure up that what ought to be in the hearts of man. One of the things that you ought to look for in preaching today is a selfless servant. I got a grasp of that the other day. Um, tomorrow night, Alabama will play for the national championship. And I am proud to say that on tomorrow night when you watch the game after service, you're going to see a number 14 on the defense. His name is Deontay Thompson, who is an Ursha of the Eastern Star Baptist Church. And by the grace of God, he's going to announce that he's going to, um, he's going to uh, become eligible for the N NFL draft this year. Praise the Lord. But a few weeks ago, Alabama played Georgia in the conference championship uh, to uh, the quarterback who took Jalen Hurts' position a year ago in the national championship, got hurt. And they had to call on the same fella that had been sidelined to come into the game and rescue the game. And you know what I thank God? I thank God that he shows us what a selfless servant ought to be. He did not soak. He did not pout. He did not say, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> but he stepped in the game, won the game, and quietly moved back to the sidelines again. Do we have any servants like that? We're not caught up with showtime. It's about me. It's never about us, but it is about him. You must have a selfless servant spirit. You need to be settled in scripture. It's nice to, it's nice to quote poems. It's nice to quote ideas of others. But I, I don't want to hear what Nietzsche has to say. Because he was an unbeliever anyway. I, I, I want to know, is there a word from the Lord for me? Is it in the book? Are y'all with me? Now, if y'all push me too much, I'm going to act like I'm in the hood. I'm going to find me a key and break me off a piece up in here. 
Are y'all with me? Not only must he have a selfless spirit and not only must be settled in scripture, but has he seen the Savior? The danger of the work that we do, you can learn how to preach and never be saved. Don't have to know Jesus. Matter of fact, if you know a little history, Reverend Ike is one of the original naming and claimants. He said in Jet Magazine somewhere in the 60s that if he didn't have to call Jesus' name to get a dollar, he wouldn't do it. Oh, how we're in trouble today. In the text, a cabinet position needs to be filled. The king is looking for a chief of staff. And if you were looking for someone to employ to hire tomorrow, what would you look for? Can I tell you what I'd look for? First of all, I would look for somebody who is responsible, who will not call in on his first day of work. Are y'all with me here? I, I would look for someone who is reliable that whatever task that you assign to him, he will do what you have instructed him to do. I would look for someone who is reachable. I am disturbed by ministries today. There was a fellow I know, he just, he started a church. He has four members and three of them are armor bearers. And they jockey to keep each other from touching him. We are never so important that we cannot be touched by people. Can I get an amen up in here? I, I would look for someone who is reasonable. If he don't have anything else, he ought to have a nickel worth of common sense. And is he respectable? Does he have a disciplined walk with God? Got a full speed. Won't hold you long. But uh, I'm going to give you these points, and at the end of the service, we're going to give you a test, and if you fail this test, you're going to have to stay all night long. <laughs> Daniel was drafted for duty. Tech said he had an excellent spirit. So the first thing I see in Daniel's life is Daniel's disposition is described. He had an excellent spirit. It didn't show up on the resume, but it showed up in a disciplined walk. It happened in chapter one when we are in, introduced to him. We are introduced to him by his identity in that we know him by his Hebrew name. And his name is judge, which represents authority. Do you know who you are in the light of God's, of God's authority? Not yours, but his. You need to know who you are. I don't know if y'all had that problem because y'all named y'all children Ashley and <laughs> Thomas, you know, Karen. But... Where I'm from, we, I got some issues because 
I, I think they throw up stuff. <laughs> Shikabukari and Y'all better have What? And there is no identification because names mean something. Are y'all with me? If I was across the track, I'd tell you this, that don't name your daughter Alizé. We know him by his identity, chapter one. Chapter two, we know him by his ingenuity because he has gifts to discern dreams. Are y'all with me? And everyone in here, God has gifted you to do something for the glory of God. But whatever gift you have, it's not for you. It is for him and you ought to use it for his glory and his honor. In chapter 5, we see Daniel's integrity because the king is having a party and around beer 30, there's the finger of a man's hand writing on the wall. And they dare get Daniel, and Daniel would come and tell the king the truth. Now, I have to walk a thin line and make sure that I don't offend nobody, but you tell somebody, I said, you need people around you who will kick what you want them to kiss. Do you need an explanation? <laughs> Do you want me to spit it for you? If you've got people around you who cannot tell you the truth, you've got the wrong folk around you. Yeah. In chapter 6, we know Daniel by his intimacy because we know him to be a man of prayer. And praise. Daniel's disposition is described. That's verses 1 through 3. At verses 4 through 9, Daniel's defeat is designed. The agenda of the enemy has not changed. The thief cometh not to kill, steal, and destroy. Are y'all with me? And the king seeks to draft Daniel. But there are some folk who have an issue with the gifts that God has given him. There is the plot of foes. They're trying to find something, an occasion, a thought against him. But here's the issue. The problem with their finding is is that it can't find nothing wrong. Can I help y'all here? 
either people will persecute your feebleness or they will prosecute your faith. So we have to be very careful because our feebleness will expose us, but our faith will exalt us. Are y'all with me? Well, that's what folk will do. Verse 10, Daniel's discipline is developed. He heard of the plot. He heard what the brothers were trying to do. And just like he did every day, three times a day, he opened up his window. Are y'all with me? Now, most churches today don't have windows. But I was raised in South Arkansas. My daddy was a sanctified preacher. And uh, we didn't have central air. We didn't have a window unit. So we had to raise up windows. And my daddy had my brother and I to roll out these horn speakers and stick them up in the window toward the white folk neighborhood. <laughs> because he wanted everybody to know we doing some business over here. <laughs> Daniel, when he heard what they were trying to do, all he had to do was change his prayer time I close this window because you do know when you pray in secret, your heavenly father will hear you and reward you. Oh, that's all he had to do. But he doesn't do that. What does Daniel do? Why is his discipline developed? He communicates to us a principle. And you know what that is? We have a right to pray. Y'all stop blaming Madeline Mary O'Hara. She didn't take prayer out of school. It was the silence of the church. The indifference of the pulpit took for granted that it would never happen. And you know what? You can bring prayer back in school right now. Tell your children in the morning before they go, no one has a right to stop you from praying. <laughs> Communicates the principle. Daniel was committed to prayer. Are y'all with me? I'm feeling a little something here. Y'all about to make me go there. But uh, at the Lily of the Valley Baptist Church, where I was saved and announced my call to preach, we had an old deacon. His name was Howard Gray. And every Sunday, Howard Gray would want to pray. And I was so embarrassed because 
He split verbs. Couldn't quote stuff right. And you knew what he was going to say. Our Father, which art in heaven, Hollywood, <laughs> be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on us. I knew what he was going to say. So I went to the pastor. I said, Pastor, you know, why don't you get somebody? And, and, you know, he would pray and pray and pray. And then finally, when he got ready to wrap it up, bring it to the house for five minutes. This is what you heard. Have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Have mercy, Lord. Lord, have mercy. And for five minutes, that's all he said. So I said to the pastor, why don't you get somebody who knows how to articulate the king's English and who know who can ask God for a little bit more? Can I tell y'all the truth? How the great sleep still on sleep now. But one thing I know, he knew more about God than I did. If you need anything, you need God's mercy. Our nation needs God's mercy. And you ought to pray for God's mercy on our lives. He was committed to prayer. He was consumed with praise. Because we, we all know that Daniel prayed. But we need to read in the text that he prays three times a day too. Can I help y'all here? You don't have so much that you can't tell God, thank you. Matter of fact, let me just have my praise break right now. Can I just tell you what I know? August 30th, 2017, when Harvey crawled up the coast of East Texas and parked over Port Arthur, and in less than, in less than 36 hours, We've got over 54 inches of water. And uh, I stood on my front porch and watched the water rise that night. And guess what I did? I quoted scripture. I stood up on the yard and I said, in the name of Jesus, I command you, stop right there. But guess what? The water kept coming. I, I reminded, you know, I'm a child of the king and God said, no good thing here, but, but the water kept coming. And yes, it was that next morning that the Cajun Navy came to our house. And my wife, my, my son and daughter-in-law, and the dog got in a boat. And when we got back into the house a week later, only to be told, that everything has to be thrown away. And the house had to be totally gutted, and this is without flood insurance. But can I tell y'all something? When you don't have flood insurance, blessed assurance. Oh, I wish I was across the track now. Blessed assurance. We moved back into the house the other day. Only have one more thing to fix inside of the house, but everything is a-okay. FEMA, come get your trailer or let me take it to the deer camp. 
Isn't that worth a praise? Isn't that worth a praise? Well, let me ask you like I'd ask you across the track. Hadn't the Lord been good to you? Has he made a way for you? Did he bring home a wayward child? Did he heal the body up in here? Isn't he worth a praise? I'm out of here. That'd be right by point where we're going to hook it up. Musicians be coming from a smoke break. <laughs> Y'all don't do that over here, do you? Y'all dip snuff, don't you? <laughs> Daniel's disposition is described. Daniel's defeat is designed. Daniel's discipline is developed. And finally, Daniel's deliverance is detailed. Can we have some fun? They put Daniel in a lion's den. Can I tell you what that was? That was a setup. They didn't know it, but that was a setup. And you ought to thank God that God positions you so that he can set you up to let the world know that you are his and he will bless you in spite of. Do y'all hear me? It was a setup. The king stayed up. Are y'all with me? The one who put him in stayed up. Can I help y'all here? I know you said that Daniel prayed and praised in the lion's den, but I don't believe that. I believe he prayed three times a day and gave praise three times a day. The day shift was his, but the night shift belonged to the Lord. <laughs> so you don't have to stay up when God is on the throne. Are y'all with me? I read somewhere he never slumbers. I wish I was across the track, y'all. He never sleeps. Are y'all with me? The king stayed up. An angel showed up. That's a theophany. The angel of the Lord. Can I tell you who that is? That's Jesus pre-Bethlehem. There's a story that, that we tell that God on the throne looked down and said, Daniel's in trouble. So he looked to Gabriel, his messenger angel, and said to him, Daniel's in trouble. How soon can you get there? And Gabriel said, I can get there in a nanosecond. And God said, that ain't fast enough. So he looked to Michael, his warring angel, said to him, Daniel's in trouble. How soon can you get there? Daniel, and, and, and so, so Michael said, I can get there in a millisecond. And God said, that's not fast enough. So he looked to his son sitting on the throne next to him to the, at the right hand and said, how soon can you get there? And from the fiery furnace, from the lion's den, Jesus said, I'm already here. Yeah. 
Now I got a question. Won't he show up? He'll do it. The angel showed up. The lion's jaw was sealed up. Are y'all with me? They're in a pit. They are being starved for a purpose. And that is to bring harm to those who are placed in. But God can make a lion a lap dog. Are y'all with me here? The lion's jaw was sealed up. Daniel was snatched up. Are y'all with me? When the king got up the next day, ran down, that's what he saw. He said, call him up. And you know what? The enemy is trying to take you down, but God will snatch you up and set you up. Oh, I wish. Oh. He'll make your enemy your footstool. Are y'all with me? I guess that's why David said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I feel no evil, for thou art with me. He'll snatch you up. But those who put him in, you're going to like this. They were shredded up. Because the book says their bones and their, their flesh was torn to pieces. Be careful how you handle the man of God. God is not mocked. You shall reap what you sow. Are y'all with me? The king spoke up. He said, let it be known. It ain't but one God. And let it be known. This is the decree that Daniel's God is the big baller, shot caller around here. Are you with me? Daniel's benefit package, shut up. It's in the text. Said Daniel prospered. Are y'all with me now? I ain't got but a few more and I'm out of here. There ought to be a shake up in here tonight. There ought to be a shake. You ought to be shook up in here just to tell somebody that what God did for Daniel, he did it for you. If you ain't got nothing else to do, guess what you ought to do? You ought to stick up your hand. Are y'all with me? Stick them up. Stick them up. Don't be cute. Stick them up. I'm an old western fella. I, I like, I, you know, I've been, I've been watching the restless gun. Y'all remember that? It's, it's on internet free. The restless gun. And then, and, and you know what I like about them old westerns? When the, when the, when the law come and they surround the hideout, they say, stick them up. We got you surrounded. Come out with your hands up. Can I tell you what happened when you do that? You're doing three things. You are saying, God, in everything, you are sovereign. It's not about me. It's about you. But you're saying something else. I need your strength. If I was across the track, I'd tell you what they said. Father, I stretch my hand to thee. But when you hold your hands up, it's a silhouette of something else. It reminds me about the one who showed up in Bethlehem 
and showed out on Calvary. I want to thank so many of you who don't know me. And I speak, Brother Moss, again to love worth sharing ministries. Because after eight, 17 of the 18 years, for a long time, being the only brother in the place, I'd be looking around and saying to myself, why am I here? These folk don't like me. But I found out something. When Harvey came, I had brothers who called every day and just said, do you need prayer? And I appreciate prayer. But so many of love worth sharing showed up in a tangible way. When you don't have money to do what you need to do, Starting all over again. I'll be 65 next turn around. I'm too old to be starting over again. But people showed up and poured into our lives and gave to us and showed up with shovels and with gloves and with mass moving mold. I'm thankful. How can I say thanks for the things that you have done for me. Things so undeserved, yet you gave to prove your love. How can I say thanks? If I were Chinese, I would say, oh dear. If I were Danish, I would say, mangatat. If I was Italian, I would say, grazia. If I were Hebrew, I would say, toda raba. If I were Greek, I would say Eucharisto. If I were Japanese, I'd say Doma Arigato. If I were Portuguese, I would say Obligato. If I were Haitian, I'd say Mercy. Y'all hang around, I'll get to you in a minute. If I were Spanish, I'd say Muchos Gracias. If I were German, I would say Donkey Shane. If I were French, I would say merci beaucoup. If I were Russian, I would say spasiba. If I was Kenyan, I would say ashanta. If I was Zulu, I would say India bunga. And if I was a country boy, a redneck, I would say much obliged. But since I don't know nothing about that, all I have sense to say is thank you. To God be the glory for the things ah, I wish I was across the track ah, for the things you've done for me I can't do that brother Moss I can't do it I'm on a flat see y'all don't know I got a sore throat but y'all don't know that but the brothers know it <laughs> but uh, would y'all come if y'all can put me somewhere around to God, be the glory. You got it? Hook a brother up. We good. 
My pastor, his name was W.D. Richardson. He was trained in the Presbyterian ministry in the late 40s, early 50s. He graduated with Dr. Robert Schuler of California in 1951. And he told a story about every weekend they would catch trains and buses to different preaching assignments. And one of the places that he would go was Chicago, Illinois. And he would r ride the, the, sh the shuttle trains in Chicago, but that was in the day when they did not have neon signs and electronic writings. He said on one of the trains was a big black conductor, and his job was to let everybody know what street was coming up. And he says that in Chicago, Illinois, there's a street called Calvary. And he said the brother would start Calvary. Calvary, I say. Is there anybody for Calvary? Didn't realize that he was preaching a sermon to the preacher. And the closer he got, the louder he rang, Calvary, Calvary. Is there anybody for Calvary? That's my call to you tonight. Calvary, Calvary. Is there anybody for Calvary? God's spoken to you tonight. These altars are open. I'm here for the case to be here. God's spoken to your heart. Would you step out and come?